What's up, everybody? This is The Booch, and this shout-out goes to all of the members of the Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of The Booch Cast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right, the Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25, you can get a personalized video from me on Cameo. And it can be for any occasion that you want. You got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday? I'll make it happen. You want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college? I'll make it happen. Whether it's a happy holidays video, it can be a gender reveal, it can be somebody who needs some motivation, you want the boots to motivate you, or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with, I'll help make the breakup happen. Or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style. All you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch365. There'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the Boochcast from now till the end of time. Go there, book your video, customize it however you want. Let me know how you want it done, and I will make it happen for you. So go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. Lutes. Vials. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now Feel the sweet spark of connection If you don't screw up this moment somehow Maybe you won't die alone Don't be too needy or bring up your ex Don't say the words Simplex, don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. And now her defenses are starting to fall. Smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke, soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude dude dads? This is me, the broke, soulless ginger, genius speaking. I'm not that. That broke and tonight's card was not that bad. That was it, Vinny Bucci. Actually, it was a very good card. Very good card. We had a couple of fuck ups, but we'll get to that. All right, let's do it. Okay, and we're gonna kick things off here with our first official match of the evening. This was a number one contender match with the winner to face Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship at No Mercy on September the 30th. We had Wesley go one on one against Ilya Dragunov. Enjoy this right here, cause the right person won. Anyway, that's not the point. Match was good. These two fun beat the living shit out of each other. I mean, Wesley already had a shot. Vinny and I don't like Wesley. We like Dragunov a whole lot better, don't we, Vinny? We like a lot of people a whole lot better. Because I think he tried to be a wannabe Dragon Ball Z character. Anyways, I mean, there were slaps, suplexes, and kicks. And then in the end, Dragunov hits his finisher. One, two, three. And the number one contender is none other than Ina Dragunov. But another thing is how the um, that, uh, he got suplexed on top of the table. The table did not break. Well, yeah, the table didn't break, but also it was a German suplex. So it, that was definitely a painful spot right there. Jeez. And hey, guess what? Vic Joseph's candy didn't get touched. That's good. That's a good thing. They didn't mess with the candy. They didn't mess with the candy. No, they did not. And I will say this was a hell of a fight that these two guys had. It was brutal, it was violent, and at times you had no idea who the fuck was going to win this. Yeah, it goes up to kick out, we kicked that Wesley kicked out, we're like, no, like, rats. And then, uh, then Dragonov kicked out. Yay! We kept our coming. We go, one, two, damn it. One, two, damn it. One, two, damn it. But in the end, Dragonov wins, rightfully so. Take it away, Vinny. Well, yeah, but he took out, the, you know, the, he was going for the, the, you know, the Moscow thing. He was doing that missile thing he does with his head. But I can never remember the fucking name of this goddamn move. But, uh, Wesley countered that. And then a moment where he, like, took him down. It looked like it was over. There were so many times it looked like Wesley was going to win this fucking thing. So it had us on the edge of our seats. So I will give credit to that. But overall, we were just sitting there praying for Ilya Dragunov to win after he, uh, you know, cowered a powerbomb with a, with a Rana, and then Dragunov kicked out of that. And then all of a sudden, there was that Spanish, that Spanish fly that he walked into. We were like, oh, fuck. Then, yeah, that Spanish fly was a good spot. That was a very good spot. Yes. And then towards the end, uh, Dragunov lands the H-bomb to the back of Lee's head, and it was the Torpedo Moscow. Okay, finally, I can remember this fucking name. Jesus Christ. Remember, it's called Torpedo, the Torpedo Moscow. Yes, because that's so helpful. Just, yeah, just tell me right now. I'm sure I'll remember next week. Jesus Christ. If you don't, I'm gonna laugh. Yeah, whatever. So, my point is, uh, that he, he Lee, uh, Lee countered that with a high knee. Then, eventually, Dragunov hits the H-bomb, gets the one, two, three. Dragunov wins. Carmelo Hayes comes out, and him and Dragunov have a war awards back and forth, because we've now established that at No Mercy, it will be Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship. Yes, it will be. Yes, it will be. And I'm eager to see who wins. I don't care who who wins or I don't care who loses but I think Dragonaut needs to take the gold 
We'll see what happens on the end of September. Well, yes, and also you have to factor in um, what's Carmelo Hayes going to do without that title. Is he going to continue in NXT? Is he going to get called up to the main roster? Is he ready for the main roster? That's another question you got to ask yourself. Also, is NXT prepared to lose a top star like Carmelo Hayes? Because that's one thing you got to factor in. Someone might be ready for the main roster, but you might not have anyone ready to take their spot. And one of the biggest mistakes that NXT has made, especially during the black and gold era, is they called up stars too quickly. And while it might be good for the main roster, it's not good for NXT. Because with all the top people gone, it's hard to get people to tune in and watch. Like, not everybody that watches NXT is a wrestling analyst. Like, for example, we are wrestling analysts. And we love NXT. So we're going to watch every week so we can come on here on the show and talk about it. Because NXT hasn't done anything to get us to a point where we don't want to watch it anymore. I can't say the same for other companies, but with NXT, it's still watchable and enjoyable. So we're going to watch regardless. But there are fans who are casual fans, and they will tune out if there's nobody there worth watching, which is why I think they're bringing in a lot of Raw and SmackDown guys down here to get the ratings up. You know, And I honestly think that's the reason why Becky Lynch is in the main event, why Dominic is the North American champion, why the Judgment Day has made so many appearances, so on and so forth. They're trying to get more eyes on NXT and get more people watching so people will give a shit. And, and the ratings can go up because now NXT has to care about ratings because they're on TV. They're not on the Peacock or the network or anything like that. I mean, they are, but they're archived just like Raw and SmackDown. So now it's required. Once you get on TV, you are required to generate ratings. That is a gift. So that's NXT's biggest thing. That's why they're bringing in all the top stars. And also, they need top guys to work with so the young guys can get experience. That is a problem that happens in modern wrestling is people make the mistake of putting young guys with young guys. You can't do that because the young guys don't have the experience. You need veterans to be in that ring and lead the talent to teach them the right way to do things and tell them the wrong way to do things so they don't fucking do them. That is what a good veteran does. He tells you, what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right. That's a good teacher. Here's everything you're doing right. Keep doing this. Here's everything you're doing wrong. Stop doing this shit. If you want to make it in this business, this is what needs to be done. And you listen, you absorb, and you take the advice that works. That's how it's done. It's very simple. Now, the young guys who make it are the young guys who figure out the simplicity. The ones who resist because they think they know it all, they're the ones who don't last. Unless they kiss up to a billionaire and start their own company. But anyway, we'll try to start. But anyway, on that note, we're going to move on here. Uh, we cut to, we see uh, the incident between uh, Braun Breaker and Von Wagner from last week where uh, Breaker, you know, smashed the ring steps onto uh, Von Wagner's head and kind of fractured his skull and now he's uh, taken away to the hospital. We find out that they mentioned he was able to move his head just in time so there was no significant damage but still, Braun did catch part of his head. And I think the reason they had to say that was because one of the videos that went crazy on Twitter and I don't fault the WWE for this because it wasn't their fault. But there was a fan in the audience with his phone because that's what we do today. People like to capture shit and film it on their phone. You can clearly see Von Wagner's head on the ring steps from the camera phone tilting his head down to the bottom step and Braun, when he comes down with the steps, barely missing his head. Like, he misses his head, but only by a certain amount. Which shows how good Braun Breaker is. That he was able to do that, make it look real, and not really hurt Von Wagner. Yeah, yeah, everybody thought that. I thought this was a shoot. Like, no, he's playing with the guy with the camera and everything. No, this is just, this is supposed to happen. Everything's okay. It's like, all right, all right, all right. I saw that. I like, uh-oh. Anyways. Well, they cut it to black they, on, on TV because you're not allowed to show shots to the head on
on television. That's a new thing. That's why whenever you're watching like, you know, because because live live uh, shows are always on a delay. And the delay is there so they can censor shit if somebody cusses or things like that. That's why everything live is always done on a, with a little bit of a delay. It gives them enough time to hit the censor button if people start yelling fuck, shit, cock, ass, pussy, and all other words that you can't say on television, on either network TV or in a PG setting. It gives them a chance to censor it. So they also will sometimes freeze the frame if somebody takes a chair shot or something to the head because apparently that's now uncomfortable for people to see people take a shot to the head even if you're protecting yourself from the shot to the head they've actually banned chair shots to the head in certain cases because of CTE and all of that but they had to do this for the storyline now like I said I don't fault the WWE for this because it wasn't captured with their camera now if on a WWE camera for a WWE production if I had seen Von Wagner moving his head out of the way or tilting his head down or whatever on the WWE camera I would be shitting on that whole segment because that's WWE's fault but you can't control what fans capture on their phone so because I didn't see it in the actual broadcast I'm not going to fault the WWE because like I said anybody in the audience can capture shit on their phone and then of course we cut to the backstage area and we see uh, JC Jane and Thea Hale who are kind of just hanging out and talking and Thea basically saying you know she you know just wants to hang out go shopping whatever she's playing hooky from school which uh, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson were talking about earlier because they're going they're doing a watch party for the Heritage Cup but they're also concerned because Thea Hale is skipping class and you know having issues with Chase U and all of a sudden these guys come over and it looks like they're going to flirt with them but they start making fun of Thea Hale and then JC defends her and then they get and then they end up beating the shit out of the guys and sending them running yeah I, I saw this right here I was like I, like, I was like well we're about to get hit on I was like and then they were like, like why are you hanging out with Thea she's a child I was like she, she's 20 years old I'm a full grown woman I was like at age yeah it's been life no but these two beat uh, beat the shit one of the funniest one, one I think was see how kicked one of the guys in the nuts I was like that's fair it's like uh, a woman will target a dude's nuts I've seen it done before that's, that's smart on her part right there but I thought this was actually okay I think these two are about to be I think Thea's about to become a heel if she's not already well here's the thing uh, they literally teach that in women's self defense classes to kick a guy in the balls that is literally one of the things they do I mean they have other moves but that's like the main one because they know you kick a guy in the balls he's done it doesn't matter how big he is how strong he is how tough he is a shot to the balls will end the whole fucking thing and that's why there are some guys that frown upon that in a fight but to me I look at it like this it's only frowned upon in a sanctioned fight like if you're boxing or doing MMA or wrestling then it's frowned upon but if you're in a street fight fighting for your life you do whatever the fuck you gotta do to survive and win although the scene will uh, anytime I hear I think about this the one thought that always comes to mind is Bobby and King of the Hill whenever I see a, a kick to the boss that's awesome. He's just like, let go of my purse. And the guy's like, what? He goes, I don't know you. Bam. And he and he goes down. Are you just And you grab me and you go, ugh. <laughs> and then Hank was trying to teach him how to teach him how to box because he didn't like the fact that he was kicking kicking people in the balls. So he's like boxing him. He's like, and he keeps hit punching Bobby and Bobby's getting mad. And he's like, you're leaving yourself open. And then finally he snaps and just bangs him in the nuts. And Hank just goes, <laughs> and falls over. And Bobby's like, you left yourself open, dad. And I'm just like, it's 
it's fucking great. But then you realize it doesn't work because at one point he gets in a fight with Peggy and Peggy doesn't have testicles, so it doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. And side note, rest in peace to the guy who did Dale's voice. You recently passed away. Are you sure it's not a government conspiracy? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Bad Gucci. No. I miss Dale every day. We love to drink beer in the yard. Dang old Miss Dale, man. Just, just he was good man. Just talking about the, the UFOs, man. Talking about the, the, the government, man. The conspiracy, man. Dang old, just talking about his wife got knocked up by by an Indian, man. <laughs> kid's not even his. That dang old raising kid, not even his. Uh, that Nancy a hoe, man. Just gotta let that let that hoe go, man. Just talking about uh, yeah, give me your phone number, man. But yeah, so that that was uh, what I would think about right there. And of course, you know, this scene. All I gotta say is this: thank God it was two random guys and not actual wrestlers. I'm gonna say this right now: if any of those two were wrestlers, they should not be on TV for a long, 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 long time after that. You need time to let this die off. Very true. And if you want. I push them to a main event spot under no circumstances are you to tell anyone they were involved in this segment until long after their careers are dead and gone never bring that up because the second you bring up they got their asses kicked by these two girls you will bury any push that they have people might think that's not fair well that's how the world is it's no so if those were two random actors okay but if those were two wrestlers training in the performance center I better never see them on TV for at least six months to a year before they're even allowed to sniff NXT. Because I'm sorry, you can't get you can't be a dude, get your ass kicked by these two, and then expect me to take you seriously on the main roster. It makes about as much sense as losing to a rapper and having the money in the bank briefcase. Now anyway, we're gonna move on here to the next segment. Uh, we got an in-ring segment with Baron Corbin. Corbin says he doesn't like the fans and they don't like him. But what they all witnessed last week affected them all. Seeing Braun Breaker crush Von Wagner's head with the ring says one of the most heinous things he's ever seen. Corbin knows that all the stuff we know about Widener's brain surgeries is real life. Breaker knew that and took advantage of it. Corbin asked for Breaker to come out here because he has something to say. Breaker walks down the ramp. Corbin tells Breaker to stop right there. Corbin says he has to say this to Breaker's face. What Breaker did last week was the coolest thing he's ever seen in his life. Breaker and Corbin celebrate over it. Breaker calls Corbin an idiot. He didn't do that for Corbin's approval. Breaker did it because Widener put him through a table. Breaker says he reveled in Widener's pain. Breaker didn't just like it. He loved it. He ended Widener's career. Corbin says he invited Breaker out here to be nice and offered to pay and even offered to pay his fine, but he clearly doesn't want that. Breaker challenges Corbin to a match. Corbin tells Breaker he's not Wagner. Corbin slaps Breaker. Breaker slaps him back. The two take turns slapping each other until they are broken up by security. This right here was fucking awesome. Well, no, why, Vinny? Fine. That's why. Damn right I did. Damn right. So either he's going to say, you're a piece of shit, or that was awesome. Turns out that was awesome. They come in and they celebrate, and then, then Ron Baker's right. It's like, I didn't do it for your approval. I did it to I did it to end his career, which we don't know that just yet. And, Bre and Corbin's like, hey, man, I thought y'all would start trying to be nice to you. He was going to pay your fine and everything else. We'd be like, okay, then fuck you. And then we hear the slapping and everything else, and it got that broken up by security. At least I want to see one guy. I get, I get slammed or Braun Breaker spears Corbin but this right here is going to be interesting to see I would have liked to have seen an end of days okay I can see that right there like after he slapped him like maybe uh, like 
think at one point Breaker could have ran at Corbin. Corbin counters, drops him at the end of days. He's like, first of all, I'm not Wagner. And then he could drop him and say, second of all, you know, watch who you mess with or whatever. Like, I thought it would have been cooler to have Corbin just leave Breaker Lane. Yeah, I do agree with you on that. I do. Well, you just see, this, that's going to be a good fucking fight. Right? I think so. Might be a hot fight or just going to be a blue, nasty out dragon map brawl. That's what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Well, we already have confirmed later on in the night that it's going to be Braun Breaker versus Baron Corbin at No Mercy. We now know the match is going to happen. I'm a little surprised that it's a normal match and there's no stipulation added to it. I feel like given the circumstances, there needs to be a stipulation here. Like a no holds barred or something. Like a street fight. Something that allows them to really, you know, fight with each other. Maybe pull a weapon out or two if necessary. And definitely when Von Wagner comes back, because I got because obviously he's going to come back. Yeah, he is. I got a feeling he's going to face Braun Breaker. Yep. And when they do, it needs to be a tables match. Yeah, and he needs to go over. Well, yes, he needs to go over. That's a given. I'm talking about he needs to make it a tables match. If you're going to give him the table gimmick, if you're going to make him the guy who tables people, there needs to be a table involved. Whether it's the announced table or he pulls a wooden table out and sets the some bitch up. There needs to be a table match. And that should end the fucking feud. Because apparently, Braun Breaker still got a ways to go. I'll never understand why, but he's got a ways to go. But I do feel like Braun Breaker's time in NXT needs to come to an end. I know I say this all the time, but it bears repeating because there's nothing left for this guy to do. Nothing. He's just fucking sitting here. And it's for God damn ridiculous. He's ready for the main roster. He's ready to mix it up with the big boys. He don't need to be playing in the kiddie pond. No offense, but that's what NXT is compared to the main roster. It's the kiddie pool. Okay, so how much longer are we going to keep him down here before we get him in the ring and make him fight for the real thing? But anyway, after this, we see this uh, brawl here, and then we cut to the backstage area where we see Dominic Mysterio and Carmelo Hayes kind of taking shots at each other. Yeah, I saw this right here. They were insulting each other, and Carmelo Hayes is like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave with my uh, with my title. You? Probably not. I want you to go see what happens at No Mercy. We do, we do. Man, Dom does rock that mullet very well. And in the future, people, when he comes out to talk on SmackDown, Raw, or NXT, let the man talk. I'm sick and tired of all the booze. Even though he deserves it, but still, let the man talk. It's one of those things where it's it's still getting old. Like, this is getting goddamn ridiculous. Like, can we hear the man cut a promo so we can find out this guy's got talking skills to go with this, you know, nuclear heat that he's got that at this point, I don't really think he deserves. Like, I'm sorry, if he's still that hated, something's wrong. There's plenty of other people to hate more in this company than Dominic at this point. Hell, Braun Breaker doesn't get that kind of booze, and he split a guy's fucking skull. What's Dominic doing? Hanging out with Rhea Ripley? Oh yeah, that's something to boo about. He already lost to his dad, so it's not like that feud's going anywhere. It's fucking ridiculous. It's very ridiculous, sir. Yeah, so basically they were going back and forth about, you know, how, you know, Dominic's now the A champion because Carmelo claimed the North American title to be the A championship when he was the North American champion. And also talking about, you know, how they each let their guys fight it out, even though Dominic fast counted in his match while Carmelo simply let the two men kill each other and waited to see who he was going to face. So now it looks like we're going to have a match between these two next week. Basically, Carmelo calls him out and uh, Dominic decides to go talk to Mommy. And basically, we now know next week it's going to be champion versus champion. No titles on the line, just a match. Dominic Mysterio versus Carmelo Hayes next week on NXT. Carmelo Hayes needs to go over or I really don't care. I mean, you're going to see what happens when he goes to. But if no Mommy comes out, she's going to be green. 
Well, yes. If she interferes, then obviously that's going to help Dominic win. But now here's the big question, though, as far as who's leaving with what championship. Because a while back, I was under the impression that Mustafa Ali was probably going to take the North American title from Dominic. And I believe he should. Mustafa Ali should be the one, whether he does it now or he does it later, it should happen. It should be Mustafa Ali. Because we need to get some star power behind the North American championship. And Ali does have some star power, despite what happened on the main roster. But with the Judgment Day now having all the gold, because at Payback, uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest defeated Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed tag team titles. So now they actually can go to SmackDown without fucking up the draft. Now they have a reason to fucking go over there. But they now have all the gold, because Finn and Damian are now the tag team champions. Finn Balor is now a Grand Slam champion in WWE. Dom's got the North American title. Rhea Ripley has the Women's World title. So now they have all the belts. Or they have, or they're all, they all have gold at least. And of course, uh, Damien still has the briefcase that he can cash in over the next year. You know, so he's got that. So we have members of the Judgment Day with championship gold. So now I'm starting to think with them all now having gold, could Dominic retain at No Mercy and stay in NXT a little while longer? I don't know. I just know that at some point Dominic has to drop that title and I don't want him dropping the title to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Mustafa Ali does deserve it. He does. I'm, I'm just saying I don't want him dropping it to someone who doesn't deserve it. Because if he beats Mustafa Ali, who's going to be next? Unless Carmelo loses his title and decides to take it from Dominic and go back to being and go back to being the North American champion. Or if Trick Trick decides to take it from him. That, that could be another person maybe that could win it. But I don't know what's going on. All I know is next week we got a champion versus champion non-title match and they're going to tear the house down. Yes, they are. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. What the fuck was this? It was a six-man tag. We have uh, Bourne, Briggs, and Jensen with Fallon Henley versus Drew Gulak, Damon Kemp, and Charlie Dempsey. What do you think of this? It was weird. It was weird. I mean, everything was going fine. Briggs and Jensen were dominating and Bourne. This Bourne guy does one move. They all go out to the ring and all of a sudden he stabs the guy that I think Jensen in the back. Yeah, Damon Kemp hits his uh, hits his finisher. One, two, three. Really? They were like, what the fuck? I'm like, after all this time, Bourne, these guys treat you like shit. Do you do this? You're a dickhead. Benny, take it away. Well, here's the, the million-dollar question. Was Bourne manipulated to do this, or was this all a setup from the very beginning? Maybe they made it seem like they were treating him like shit to gain Fallon Henley's trust, rope them into joining that six-man team, and then pulling this off. Because you don't know. This could all be a master plan that they have. So that's the question. Was Bourne part of the master plan, or did they find some way to manipulate him to betray his team, and Bourne is basically being led like a doggy on a leash you know what's happening here and that of course is a major question that would uh, need to be answered at some point but either way this six man tag lost a lot of excitement because it didn't really get off to a start it, I don't want to say it was a squash but it had the vibe of one yeah it did at first yeah you're right because Bourne like sent him right into that ring post and you're like what the fuck then threw him back in the ring for Damon Kemp to pick up the pieces and then Bourne celebrating with them and Henley's obviously looking on like disappointed feeling betrayed angry so obviously this is feud is probably going to continue but obviously it has to continue on a different level like whether it's Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey against Briggs and Jensen or them against Damon Kemp and Bourne uh, Fallon Henley obviously isn't going to get involved she's a girl and they don't let the girls and guys mix it up unless the girls are emasculating the guy um, so there's not going to be much to do with that so I don't know where this feud's going to go the question is is it going to go somewhere where people are going to give a shit about it and I, I'm worried that it's going to it's not going to go anywhere or no one's going to give a shit very true sir and then we see an advertisement 
advertisement that the women's breakout tournament is coming soon. Okay, I'll see when I see. I don't know what the hell this is, but we'll see what happens so with it. It's the tournament where they call up new people to NXT and they have a tournament. And, it's, and also there's some women that are on here, but we have a chance to get to know them better because they're mostly just making random ass appearances. That's what the breakout tournament is. It allows us to see the new crop of NXT and then they have a tournament. Whoever wins the tournament will get a shot at the women's title. All right. So that's kind of where that's going. Like remember, Roxanne Perez won it the year before and chose the women's tag belts. And that's when him and Cor her and Cora Jade won the tag belts. So... Obviously, there's a lot comes from that. Also, Carmelo Hayes. He won for the men and chose to go for the North American title, which I, I still find fucking weird. See, my, my belief is this when it comes to championships. Now, obviously, with the women's tag belts no longer in effect, which is the right decision to make, getting rid of them, with that out of the way, the only option for the women is that women's championship. But this is how I feel. If you have a contract or a briefcase or anything that gives you the right to challenge for any championship that you want, why the fuck would you settle for anything less than the top title? The only logical reason to challenge for a mid-card title, because that's why it's called the mid-card title. It's the title you win to hold on to till you get to the big belt, okay? That's what that's for. If you have the opportunity to win the world heavyweight title, you should fucking take it. Because every wrestler's goal is to win the world title. Now, just because you want to be the world champion doesn't mean you're going to be the world champion. Not every wrestler is good enough to be a world champion. And I know that's not a politically correct thing to say in 2023, but it's the fucking truth. And here on the Boochcast, we spit the truth. I only speak the truth. I only speak the truth. I only speak the truth! And if you don't like it, blow me. So, that's the point. Why would you settle for anything less? I, it fucking drives me nuts. So that's why I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the women's breakout tournament more than the men's breakout tournament because at least whoever wins the women's breakout tournament is going to go for the top prize for the women. Fucking, I want to see, and I want to see the new crop. I want to see who the future is of NXT. Who could be the next big stars? Because keep in mind, a lot of the women we see now, they're in that breakout tournament. But that's usually what it's meant to be. It's for someone to break out and become a top star, but also gives us the chance to be introduced to the women in NXT. We get to find out their backstories. We get to find out why they're here. It's a chance for them to cut promos while telling who they are. And it allows you the chance to see who you're going to like and who you're not going to like before they even get in the ring. Because that's the thing. The promo is how you sell yourself. You can be phenomenal in the ring. But if you can't sell yourself verbally, you ain't going to make it very far. At best, you'll be mid-card. But you have to have the promo skills in order to be the top guy. And if you don't have promo skills, you better have a fucking manager who does. That's usually the other option. If you got a manager or a valet who can talk for you, then that's all the fuck you need. Then you don't have to talk. If you got a good manager. Unfortunately, managers are not very available nowadays. Very few people are allowed to have them. Anyway, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We have Lyra Valkyria versus Dana Brooke with Kalani Jordan. I enjoy this right here. It went, uh, went back and forth tremendously, but Lyra Valkyria gets the Boosh Kiss. Fuck that bump or don't she there, Mr. Vinibucci? Yep. She deserves it. I mean, it was okay. Then, then Lyra Valkyria hits her finisher and 
and Dana Brooke once again loses. And then after that, Dana Brooke was cheering for her, tried to attack uh, Lyra by Carrie. Kyra Joe stops her. She, she goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, Lyra's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go ahead there, Minnie. Yeah, that fucked that bump. I think like her head hit the fucking like announce table or something. No, it hit the turnbuckle. Oh, right, right. The turnbuckle. Her second turnbuckle. Not the first one, not the top one, but the right there at the right in the middle of it. I look like it hit the top one. No, it hit the middle. Oh, God. Like, I didn't even catch that. Well, the thing is, her head moved so fucking fast, you couldn't tell. Are we gonna fuck that buffalo? Yeah, because that fucking, that hurt like a son of a bitch. It was horrible. But in the end, uh, Lyra was able to still get the win. I thought it was a really great match between both women. They held their own very well. In fact, here's the thing. There were a lot of, there were a couple women's matches on this card tonight. I think all of them did very well. This one was very well done. And of course, uh, Lyra's going for the handshake. Dana Brooke, of course, shakes her hand. And obviously, she got a little carried away because mostly it's because Dana is getting frustrated with taking loss after loss after loss after loss. So obviously she was about to have a moment of weakness with her emotions, but Jordan helped her keep them in check. And that's why Valkyra was kind of looking at her like, what the fuck? Like you were seriously going to hit me, but she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My emotions got the better of me. Like they're they're It's like they're slowly building a heel turn for Dana Brooke. I see a feud between her and Kalani Jordan coming very soon. I did too. I can see that uh, she's going to lose one more match or four more matches. She's going to snap. It's bound to fucking happen. That is very, very true, sir. And then we cut to the backstage area and we see the man, Becky Lynch. She talks about how she's reflecting on her time in NXT, how she was fighting to get a seat at the table, you know, and then how she eventually, you know, fought her way to the main roster because in NXT, no one really thought she was going to make it anywhere because out of the four horsewomen, she was the only one to not win the NXT title. She also was more of a backup I think for Charlotte Flair and also when she got called up to the main roster, she immediately got put in the PCB faction with her, Charlotte Flair and Paige, who you guys know now as Soraya. And they actually call themselves PCB, but originally a lot of people don't remember this, their original name was the Submission Sorority, but they had to change the name because they found out the Submission Sorority was the name of a porno series on Bang Bros because people kept trending, like people Googled the submission sorority and that kept popping up. So they had to change the name immediately and they called themselves PCB, which was fucking terrible name. Submission sorority was way better, not because it has a porno reference, but because all three of them had submission finishes. All three of them. Paige had the PTO, Charlotte Flair had the figure eight, Becky had the disarmor. Like that name worked for them. But that Becky said now she's here to right the wrongs and become the NXT women's champion. Yeah, I saw this one. it was a good promo right there. She said like, I've done this. I'm back at home. I had all the belts and all the main world title belts for the women. But I never had the NXT at all. And then who came up and started talking crap to her? Who was that? Kiana James. Okay, okay. It was Kiana James. I didn't recognize her without her glasses on. Okay, and then they're like, I don't want you here. You need to go back. I was like, well, I'm sorry, Kiana James. I love you to death, but you did lose. Well, basically, she was letting her know that I'm going to be sticking around for a long time, which is not good for you. Because Becky's not wasting her time with uh, Kiana James because she's got the eye on the prize. And this is the one positive that I love about WWE and the way they're booking this. They're making the NXT. NXT women's title important. 
Like, it matters to Becky Lynch that she wins this title. Becky wants to add that title to her collection. She doesn't see being the NXT Women's Champion as a demotion. This is her adding a belt to her collection, which is a belt she never held. Because she was the least successful of the four horsewomen in NXT. Now, I'm talking exclusively about NXT now, so keep that in mind before y'all start DMing me and freaking out that I'm making fun of Becky Lynch. I'm not. But she didn't really accomplish a whole lot in NXT. Sasha Banks was a goddess up there. Bayley was probably the top babyface. Was fucking insanely over. Did she have a weird, silly gimmick? Yes. But it was over. And even on the main roster, it was over. And if it wasn't for the bad creative, it still would have gotten over. Now, granted, Bayley found a way to be a heel, and pretty damn good at it, so good things worked out, but the point is, of the four horsewomen in the world of NXT, Becky was the least successful. Now, on the main roster, she was the most successful, because she held a lot of championships, she main evented WrestleMania, she won the Royal Rumble. Now, granted, the False Flair's done those same things, but Becky did it without being a spoiled Nepo baby, so that makes her more accomplished. I know people are out there going to look at Charlotte's numbers, but you gotta look at the last name, because her last... Very, very true. Her last name is why she has all those accolades, so I can't respect Charlotte Flair. I can respect Becky Lynch because she earned the right to main event that first women's WrestleMania because she was organically over with the crowd. She was over than all the women and more than half the men. Not all the men, but half of them. Becky was insanely over. She was white hot and they were ready for a main event. And they also had Ronda Rousey, who was a fucking legit badass, still is, and crossed over into WWE and was ready to main event as well because she were going to sell tickets to Ronda Rousey. And Becky Lynch was a perfect opponent and they had the perfect match till they shoehorned Charlotte in there. Yes, but thankfully Becky won the match and pinned Ronda in the process so we still got a little bit of what we wanted but we had to suffer through Charlotte and her bullshit to get there. So anyway, the fact that Becky's taking this seriously is what matters. This is a serious match. She wants this title and that level of passion is what is why people respect her and it's why she's a valued asset to NXT and that's all I can say without jumping ahead. So we're just going to move on here to the next match of the evening. We have a Group Hey Heritage Cup Invitational Match. Big Strong Boy Tyler Bate goes one-on-one against Axiom. Spot fest. From hell. That's all it was. Doink, 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 doink. I didn't really enjoy this because you know what the funny thing what they were saying about Axiom they were like Power Rangers Power Rangers. I just looked over you were just like so disrespectful to Power Rangers. Even though the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are better than the Power Rangers. Anyways. Uh-oh. He doesn't like that. Ugh. This is the part of the show where Zach says retarded shit just, just to get me pissed off. My opinion is better. I have a fact. Power Rangers is better. Bite me. No. But this right here, it, I want to say it sucked. I'm glad that Tyler Bate won because Axiom is just there and useless like a tits on a bar hog. Take it away, Vinny. Well, yeah. And obviously, you know, Tyler Bate deserved the win because, you know, Tyler Bate's way more over. And of course, we had, um you know, the metaphor sitting over there. And now they're looking like, you know, they're in the jungle or some shit. Like, I don't know. It was like they were on safari. They were on the safari. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see the metaphors. Look, there's a lady in the corner who can't swim. And then there's a person over there that looks like, uh, looks like he eats lots of curry. Then we have the other lady that looks like she was in a porno. And then we have the other guy with the fruity hair. Uh, which is ironic, because fruits do grow in the jungle. 
The fruits grow in the jungle. Gator. What? Basket. What? You, you don't eat fruit from the jungle? I eat fruit, but I'll know. Oh, yeah. The, the ginger definitely eats fruit, you know? Although, you are what you eat. I will say that. I, we are what you eat. But, yes, I, I'm not going to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. No basket. I'm done with the basket. Huggy! You need to put a better lock on that fucking... Whatever it is. Fuck you, it was your turn. It was your turn to lock it. I forgot to lock it, didn't I? Yes, dumbass, you forgot to lock it. Your fault. So anyway, this match, it basically did what he needed to do. Tyler Bate got his win, and it's like, yeah, and then he's doing like the airplane spin, he's like... Not once, but twice. Yes, and I love the part where they're like, axioms, round and round he goes. Where he lands, nobody knows. Uh, We all fucking know. He lands in the same spot because he does the same fucking move. Where It should be where he lands, we already fucking know. Pretty much. Jesus. Jesus Christ, I hate people who say some shit. So anyway, we cut to the backstage area and we see Trick Mellow Gang, um, you know, talking and hanging out because Trick's basically letting Carmelo know, hey, I got your back against the uh, the Judgment Day. Even though Carmelo was like, hey, I thought you wanted to do your own thing. He goes, well, yeah, I'm doing my own thing, but, you know, we still we still boys. We still friends outside of here. So I'm just saying, if you need help, I'll still watch your back. I just want to prove that I can stand on my own two feet is all. So they kind of have a little talk and they, you know, bury the hatchet. Meanwhile, behind them, Wesley is, you know, packing up his luggage and everything else. But then all of a sudden, he rips the name tag off his locker. I did not see that. Puts it in his pocket and walks away. I did not see that right there. Yeah, I mean, this right here was a good promo. Carmelo is like, this man, I'm, I appreciate you helping me out. It's like, but I thought you would do your own thing. I don't feel good, but I gotta, I gotta have your back. And what Wesley doing that? I mean, something's going on. We'll find out later. Take it away, Vinny. Well, yeah, well, we'll obviously talk about what happened later. But I didn't even know he had ripped his name tag off until Vic Joseph brought it up during the entrance. That's when he brought it up. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it either. I was wondering what the hell he was doing. I thought he was just packing up his bag and going home. I didn't know what was going on. But then uh, Vic Joseph mentioned he ripped the name tag off the locker and I went, oh shit. But either way, I love the conversation between Trick and Mello because whenever I see them talking to each other, I get a weird feeling that they're teasing a breakup. Yeah, I know. And I can't help but feel that's going to happen and I really don't want it to because if, and this is a big if, if Dragunov wins at No Mercy and Carmelo's not able to win the title back in a rematch, I want to see them go for the tag belts. I want that to be the next step because I would love that's the only other title Carmelo really needs to go for is the tag belts because then he'll be a triple crown winner in NXT and I think that's something to be proud of and something that Carmelo can really shoot for because unless you're going to make Trick Williams a North American or NXT champion you might as well give him some gold to have and the tag belt thing could work they could be tag champs for a while then after that ends then you can have a breakup or whatever like maybe something happens where there's an accidental communication they lose they lose and then Trick finally snaps and beats up Carmelo. Because I feel like if one of them's going to turn heel, it should be Trick. I believe that. The bigger guy should turn heel on the smaller guy. Well, always. Yeah, that's always, that makes sense right there. That always makes sense, actually. It, it, it should, because it's weird for the small guy to turn on the big guy. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to Carmelo Hayes. I acknowledge his talent. But from a size standpoint, and as I said before, I like realism in my wrestling. I want it to look believable, even though it's scripted. Don't make it blatantly obvious. Still rooted in some type of reality, that's the way you would do it. Yeah, that's very, very true, sir. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We've got the Kree Brothers with Ivy Nile versus Idris Nanofi and Malik Blade. Filler. Eh. Eh. I mean, this was good right here. We already know, like, Vinny and I do not like Malik Blade and Nisei and Nofi because there's 
the ultimate tag team jobbers. Uh, basically, this spread right here was good. Even though, even though Fiend Blade got their moves in, but the Creed Brothers did a much better job. And in the end, they hit the uh, uh, the Creeds hit the Doomsday Brutus Ball for the run. One, two, three, and rightfully so. They even saw the famous name say word. Thank God. You know, I'm about to get crap for this here in a minute. Anyways, I thought this was okay. And then after the match, some tag teams were brawling. I forgot who those two were. Oh, who are those again? Hank and Tank. Hank and Tank. And then they got attacked by those other two wrestlers. I forgot their names too. Uh, it was uh the 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 two guys that are with uh Reggie or Scripps. I don't remember their fucking names. Their names either. I thought this. Did you enjoy this tag team match? Immensely. Yeah. I was, I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I think here soon if they're gonna do a tag. It needs to be the Creed Brothers against the Fiend at No Mercy for the tag team titles. Well, here's the thing. Obviously, Anofi and Blade, they're a jobber team. That's why I've never really gotten behind them. I don't necessarily hate them, but I don't get excited when they go to the ring. Their opening moves impress me. Like, they were already, like, beating the guys up, throwing them out of the ring. One guy's diving out. The other guy's doing some kind of splash. And it looked like they were about to get a squash victory. Yeah, for a second there, was a, we're going to have an upset. I was like, no, they're not going to do that. Hey, I, I believed it for a second. And here's the thing. I'll give Anofi and Blade credit. This is the best match I've ever seen them have. Hands down and all the time they've been in NXT, this is the best match they've had. This is the best I've ever seen them. Now, whether or not they can do better or keep this momentum, I don't think so. I think there's too many tag teams in the division for them to stand out. Although with Hank and Tank, they have a shot at not being the jobber team anymore. Because I got a feeling Hank and Tank are too comedic to be taken seriously at this point. Briggs and Jensen, they've lightened up on the comedy, so I could definitely see them being taken seriously. But in the end, this was basically a chance for the tag teams to take notice because you know like I said we need to be reminded who the tag teams are around here and the Creed brothers need to build some momentum so they can eventually become tag team champions again you know when the time is right and of course you know everybody was watching this although you know the main people that were watching this of course there was the family they were paying attention because they know the Creed brothers want a shot at their tag belts and there was another tag team that was conspicuously absent but we'll mention them a little bit later when that segment comes up but uh, we definitely know the tag team division's heating up. That's very, very, very true, sir. It is teaming up, and at no mercy, maybe we'll see something that we wanted to see. The Creed Brothers against the family. Well, the Creed Brothers got a long fucking way to go before they can come challenge the Don and the Underboss for the tag team titles. And I gotta tell you, I was watching this match backstage. You probably saw us in the back looking at the monitor, but uh, let me tell you something. Them Creed Brothers, they some badasses. I can respect that, you know. Don's not afraid of competition. Just know, though, the Don always crushes the competition because there's only one top dog. There's only one Don of NXT, and that's me, Tony D. And I'll tell you right now, I'm looking at a lot of these other guys. I mean, we're watching, of course, they look up there. They got the Angel Garza and the uh, Hump Burrito, whatever the fuck his name is. Over there, you know, they want to they wanna wear fancy clothes and, you know, do some weird shit. Hey, their fashion sense is never going to be as good as mine. Then you got Hank and Tank. What the fuck are they doing? They looking like a couple of fugazis. Then you got, uh, you know, then you got the, uh, the I don't know, the, the big Mexicans. I don't know what the fuck else to call them, really. Eh? Oh, they're, they're being led by Scritz, which is fucking weird. But anyway, there's a lot of tag teams here that want a shot at the goal. All I can say is this. One by one, we're knocking every fucking one of them down because that's what the Don does. He likes competition but he destroys fucking competition. You feel me, Cherry Top? I guess. 
You guess. Long as you know me, you gotta take a fucking guess. Sure. Jesus Christ with this guy. Like, you gotta take a fucking guess. Oh, he guesses I'm the fucking man. You should know I'm the fucking man. Clearly, you're paying attention to the fucking screen over here. You're okay. Seriously, what are you? What? You're, 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 you're there, but you're not there just. I got the fucking gold. What else do you need to fucking see? Uh, I'm not convinced, but I hear you. You're not convinced. He's not convinced. You fucking hear this? This fucking Irish mook, he ain't convinced. All right. All right, whatever. This fucking guy. All right. Tell you what, next time I'll show up with fucking potatoes and beer. Then you'll be fucking convinced, right? Is that enough to convince you? Yes. And I'll show up. I'll, the next time I'll show up with pasta and uh, garlic bread from Olive Garden, your favorite restaurant to go to. Hey, don't threaten me with a good fucking time. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ with this guy. How do you. Seriously, where, where do you get this fucking guy? Seriously. Fucking sitting here analyzing a fucking show doesn't even know talent when it's talking to him on the the fucking phone jesus fucking christ all right well anyway we gotta look at the tag division we see the competition the creed brothers they're the only ones gonna give us competition the rest of these mama lukes we gonna mop the floor with them that's all the fuck i gotta say why you keep pissing him off seriously why what is wrong with you i don't know you realize if he tries to kill you i can't i can't protect you right he's the don there ain't much i can do about this my hands are tied i understand that but to answer your question yeah, it is fun to piss him off. Just saying. So you have a death wish. That's what you're saying. I did yet, Emma. God, you've been watching too much Casino and Goodfellas. He watches Scarface. You think you'd learn a lesson from these fucking fit movies, man. I swear to God. They're not just good gangster movies. They're educational tools on how not to fuck your life up. But anyway. Bite me. What am I going to bite? Your fucking tombstone after he kills you? I'm not going to be buried. I already made that plan. I should be cremated. If the mob kills you, you don't get a fucking choice. They have to catch you first. That's what I'm saying. They're not. You don't have the option to be buried or cremated. The only option you have is body in the fucking river. You get a burial at sea, motherfucker. That's your. That's the only thing you're getting. What you you, you think Tony D is gonna kill you and then go find your will, your last will and testament and go look through it, going, okay, how did he want me to dispose of his body? No, it kills you in the fucking river. That's it. Okay. Fucking I'm trying to save your life here. Why? Why do I try? Why do I try? Why do I try? Seriously, why do I fucking try? I try Elvis tries we're it's like we're losing, we're losing a fucking battle here. Come so, on, man, I'm not that stubborn. Really? Seriously? 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 All right, I'm moving on. Before, I'm moving on before you give me a. Come on, I'm not that bad. I'm moving on before you give me a fucking headache. All right. I thought I already did that today. Uh, no, it's actually starting to form right now. You, oh. you've actually been behaving. You've actually been behaving yourself surprisingly up until this point. Myself most Tuesdays. Yeah. So now we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a Group B Heritage Cup Invitational match. We have Akira Tozawa one on one against Nathan Fraser. Do you call this match? I want to say yes, but not really. No. I think it was going back and forth, back and forth like it usually does with Nathan Fraser and Tazawa. Hopefully I said that right. Yeah. And, and, uh, then, and then all of a sudden, Fraser wins with a swinging neckbreaker of some sort. Is that the swinging neckbreaker? It's a spinning neckbreaker. Like swinging neckbreaker. He hit a superplex, then he picked him up, and then like picked him up and then spin, and spun him around and did a neckbreaker. One, two, three. And then you were like, what the fuck? Already? I was like, that was quick. Well, here's the thing that shocked me was I was under the impression that because Akira Tozawa was wrestling in NXT in the Heritage Cup Invitational, that at least in NXT he would get to be taken more seriously as a wrestler. Because obviously
Honestly, on the main roster, he is a jobber. He is a comedy act. That's why they feed him to the reality show Reject every week. Because they want to give him a win. So when he jobs to the megastar, as well he should, it'll mean more. So Tozawa has always been a joke on the main roster. That's just how he's portrayed. But I was hoping in NXT, he would get to be more of an athlete. So this Heritage Cup can be somewhat taken seriously. Even though no one takes it seriously. It's the least important thing on the show. No one gives a single fuck about it. But the goal of this Invitational is to get us to care. And the only thing I care about is seeing Duke Hudson face Noam Dar at No Mercy. I would love to see fucking Duke Hudson win that goddamn trophy and hold two trophies in his goddamn hand. You know, the, the, the Chase U MVP in one hand, the fucking Heritage Cup trophy in the other hand, or they put it in a trophy case in Chase U. I think that'd be fucking great. I think that would be entertaining. And I got proof positive of that because after Nathan Fraser won this match, they talked to Butch because they found out that Butch is going to face Tyler Bate next week on NXT. But we also found out Joe Coffey is going to face Duke Hudson. And if Duke Hudson wins, it's a three-way tie for that first place spot. And then they have to do like some kind of triple threat match, I think, to settle the score. And it had to be something where it's like, okay, one fall, that's all. You know, winner faces the winner of Group A, which is supposed to be taking place on the go-home of NXT is when they're supposed to have that A versus B match and then the winner of that goes to No Mercy on Saturday to face Noam Dar. So I definitely want to see that happening. So that's what I foresee. And then of course earlier I talked about how there was one particular tag team that wasn't out there and I was referring to of course the Dyad because we had a moment where Joe Gacy and Ava Rain were by the tree, the schism tree, and they said the tree is rotting and they were doing some type of indication that either the Dyad was a problem or the Dyad needs to go away or they have gone away. I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on in that storyline. Same here. So they were not happy. And then all of a sudden you see Joe Gacy put his um, hand on the tree. He says, our tree is rotting. And Ava puts her hand like, Okay. So basically, I don't know if they're going to do something where they're going to kick out the dyad. But if you kick out the dyad, you got to bring in some new people. Because it's supposed to be four roots, one tree. So who would be the new roots? There's one possibility now that I think about it. Who? Because after we saw this, we saw Wes Lee with his bag. And he basically said, if I can't go to No Mercy, I'm going home. And then he had that girl who I guess is his girlfriend or whatever. And he basically said, I cleaned out my locker. And he gets in his car and leaves with all his stuff. And then after, and then all of a sudden we see an attack and we see this girl in a hoodie beating up Blair Davenport. But you can clearly tell from the hair, it's Gigi Dolan. I'm sorry, Gigi Dolan does not have inconspicuous hair. There's only one woman on the roster that has orange fucking hair and that's Gigi Dolan. Because if you notice, and I didn't talk about this earlier, but I'll bring it up now. Becky Lynch, her hair is more blonde than orange. Did you catch that? It's strawberry blonde. And you know what I remember? That was her hair color when she was in NXT 10 years ago. Ago. She dyed it orange later on on the main roster. So I think she went back to her NXT hair color for NXT, which I think is even fucking better. Plus, it helps Gigi Dolan stand out with her hair. But back when she was Priscilla Kelly, her hair was black. So, but that's the thing. If we can clearly see the orange hair, you're not doing a good job of hiding who it is. But at least the good news is this can lead to maybe, and I think they're going to talk about this next week because obviously they didn't do it this week. I think they should book Blair Davenport versus Gigi Dolan for No Mercy. I think it would be a match. 
match. But with Wes Lee clearing out his locker, it looks like he's leaving NXT. Now, obviously, this is a storyline, so I don't think he's going to be gone for good. But I think with him having problems losing, maybe they could recruit Wes Lee to join the schism and make him a new member. And Joe Gacy can help him find his way again. Maybe he can. And he could be a root to the tree. And also, we know Dijak and Eddie Thorpe are having their problems. Eddie always goes out to the woods to, you know, get back to his roots. Maybe if Eddie struggles enough, he could be part of the schism. And that can replace the dyad. And then the dyad can be taken out. You take them off TV for a little while. You give them time to grow their hair back out. And they come back to NXT as the grizzled young veterans. That will work. But you got to give uh the, one of the guy, the ball guy time to grow his hair back out. Or see what he can do with that. That's true. So I'm saying. Very true, sir. Whether he gets like hair extensions or whatever the fuck. Or get some kind of new look. But I would bring them back as the grizzled young veterans. I would too. Same here. I, I think that's something that could work in that regard. That's what I would do. And on that note, we're going to move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. Tiffany Stratton defends the title against the man, Becky Lynch. This this uh, match right here was fan-fucking-tastic right here. And they did it right at the beginning. And we don't have to hear any bitch about it. The challenger came out first. Thank God. Right, Vinny? Yes. And, I mean, these two fine ladies beat the living shit out of each other. I mean, Tiffany Stratton hit a swan, hit a, I don't know what to fucking call it. A swan tom bomb. I know that's a swan tom bomb. I always know that's a swan tom bomb. You can call it the swan tom bomb. It's okay. And, uh, and then it was fantastic. I enjoyed the living shit out of it. But in the end, Becky Lynch is now the new NXT Women's Champion. And when that happened, Benny and I's mouth both dropped in, didn't it? Yes. And we were like, what the fuck? And now we're like, okay, and then what's going to happen at No Mercy? Is she going to defend a title against Champion Stratton in the rematch and retain or lose? We will see on September 30th because I know for a fact she's going to invoke her uh, rematch clause. Clause, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Benny. Take it away, sir. This was a stellar fucking main event. This is the best Tiffany Stratton has ever looked. And this match, first of all, just to clear this up, psychology in a women's match, which is important. They took their time. There was pacing. They told a story. Everything you could look for. And the best part is every move that was done looked believable. I remember one, like when uh, Stratton was going for the prettiest moonsault and all of a sudden Becky Lynch got up, hopped on the ropes alongside her, grabbed her and did a Russian leg sweep off the off the ropes. That was a phenomenal spot. Every, them countering each other move for move and Becky Lynch going for the disarmor and Ch Tiffany making it to the ropes or picking her up and doing some kind of one arm like power bomb thing to get her to get her off of her like they were fighting yeah they were it was a fight it was a work it, it was wrestling it was well done it was very well done these women were literally trying to win a match becky fought to win the title tiffany fought to keep it both these women did very very well now the only spot well the only two spots that i have an issue with was first of all the leg drop onto the table yeah i hated this spot for two reasons one one, the table did not break. And two, when she kicked Stratton and she fell on the desk, it looked fake. That kick did not look strong enough for her to be laid out flat on 
a table. That's the kind of kick where you're like, shoe fly, don't bother me. Where someone kicks you in the face, and you're kind of like grabbing your eye, like, ow, that hurt. And then you can hit like a moonsault or something. But just getting kicked like that and landing on the table, it was not that hard of a kick. So that looked fake as fuck. I did not enjoy that spot. And then the leg drop, it didn't break. Then she throws her into the, r- into the ring. Does a leg drop off the top rope. Obviously, there was a kick out. So the leg drop off the top rope, I was cool with. But the kick to the face and the leg drop onto the t- on, off the barricade onto the table was stupid. That was a stupid-ass spot. Then, of course, Stratton lands the rolling senton, goes up top for the prettiest moonsault. Lynch moves out of the way, but Tiffany lands on her feet. Becky drops her with the manhandle slam. One, two, three. The winner... And and the new NXT Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. It was a shock to both of us. It was. Now, here's what I want to say about this. I am not mad that Becky Lynch won the title. Becky Lynch should be the NXT Women's Champion. It puts star power on the championship. It allows Becky to hold a title that she's never won. And it allows Becky to stay on NXT a lot longer to generate ratings. And obviously, with this women's title win, the one positive in all this is that now that the NXT audience can see that anything can happen on any given night, it's a motivation to tune in for a match of this magnitude or an, uh, to NXT period. And I and as I mentioned before, NXT needs to draw some ratings to get people to watch. However, as you all know, my biggest pet peeve with modern wrestling, and notice I said modern wrestling, so I don't care what company it is, whether it's WWE, NXT, or the company we don't speak of anymore. My biggest problem is when they take epic moments like this and you put them on free TV, especially when you have a pay-per-view at the end of the month. Hell, it's in two weeks. Two weeks from now is NXT No Mercy. If Becky Lynch is going to win a title, if Becky Lynch is going to be in a high caliber match, you put it on a pay-per-view so people will be motivated to pay money to see it. This match should have ended in a DQ, a count out. There should have been some type of fuckery taking place so that Tiffany could squeak away with the title. Becky can have a reason to declare a rematch or Shawn Michaels can make a rematch and book that at No Mercy and then Becky goes to No Mercy and wins the title there. And then you come back on Tuesday, October 3rd with a new champion. Because now Becky's won the title. What do you got for No Mercy? now. Are we going to see the rematch between her and Tiffany? Tiffany lost decisively. Why would I want to see the match again? And I'm serious. That is a question that I want to ask people. If someone wins a match clean and decisively, why would you want to see the match a second time? What is the reason? The only reason here is that Tiffany has a rematch clause. That's the only thing you've got. So Tiffany has a reason to challenge for it, but I don't have a reason to really care. Unless you're going to show me something in the second match I haven't already seen in the first match. Because that's the challenge of having these people wrestle each other more than once. Sometimes you're going to end up seeing the same fucking match you've already seen. What are you going to add that's different? What's the element that's going to be missing from this first match that you're going to bring into the second match? And also, who's going to win that match? Is Becky going to retain and stay on NXT? Or he's going to hand the belt right back to Tiffany? Because if you hand the belt right back to Tiffany, that's not going to do anything for the women's title. You're basically just going to be saying, we just wanted Becky to have it to say she had 
it. It devalues the title. It doesn't devalue Becky, but it'll devalue the title because Becky should have somewhat of a strong reign. Also, you've already established Becky having a potential feud with Kiana James. So obviously she's got to stick around for that. So is that going to be her opponent for No Mercy? It's going to be Becky versus Kiana? Or worse, a triple threat. Don't put that evil into the world. It's between Becky and, and, and uh, Kiana James. Yeah, my worst fucking nightmare. But I'm saying that's what they need to think about here. You got to build to your pay-per-view. You got to stack the card to motivate people to watch it. You also have to bear in mind that No Mercy is in Bakersfield, California. That means people actually have to buy tickets and sit in an arena and watch this. This isn't the NXT crowd in the performance center that you can pipe in with people every week. There's a reason why that area is sold out because you'll let any asswad walk through the door and sit there. Now, I'm sure some people buy tickets to go in, but trust me, if that building was empty, you could fill it with motherfuckers. Hell, you have a whole Chase U section sitting in there. You'll probably have some of your developmental students sitting in that fucking crowd. If you need to fill some seats, filling up that building doesn't mean shit. Filling up the building in Bakersfield, that's going to be important. Like when they did Stand and Deliver in fucking, what, where was it this year? LA? Was WrestleMania was, where it was? Yeah, in Los Angeles. Yeah, so you got to fill that. Or you got to fill Texas for uh, Great American Bash when they did that. You got to build to your pay-per-view because you got to sell tickets and fill an arena with people who aren't going to be planted. Maybe a few people because there are some arenas that have seat fillers. I know because I was a seat filler in Jacksonville one time when SmackDown came and I was visiting my father in Jacksonville. I got to do a seat filler thing. That was fucking awesome. But in general, you need to fill seats in an arena. And that's something that NXT doesn't seem to have a grasp of. So I'll say it before and I'll say it again. I loved this match. It was phenomenal. The right person won as far as who should be champion. It just shouldn't have happened on free TV. They should wait till the pay-per-view. Now I can understand if there was if No Mercy wasn't taking place or if the next pay-per-view was two, three months away, okay, maybe I could let that go. But when you clearly have a pay-per-view two weeks away, you don't pull shit like this on free TV. And that's my complaint. Not who won, not about the match, the fact that it happened on free TV. Because if this doesn't move the needle, you just fucked your pay-per-view. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will uh, wrap up uh, this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Do I have a choice? Not really. Okay. And uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, make sure you check out the male soap opera moments. See our predictions for WWE Payback. And make sure you check out the recap of WWE Payback coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell. Be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, we're still working on uh, Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, the latest season. Uh, it's got to get with Gator to record a couple things. And then we all got to get coordinated over here. And of course, we're also working on uh, Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the 2000s. Uh, we're going to be getting the uh, TRL and Lindsay Lohan episodes recorded soon. And then I'm beginning with Derek to work on a few others. And I still got some research I got to do on my own time. But those are all coming soon to the page. So subscribe now. Check out the content that's already there because it's a lot of fun to see. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 25th for the WWE Survivor Series. Uh, we're still trying to finalize everything. Make sure the team can come out to uh, see it, you know, give you guys a Twitch show because as I mentioned before, I will not be there for the uh, Twitch show 
because I will be in Winston-Salem, North Carolina with Buff Bagwell for WrestleCade. So if you're in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, come on down to WrestleCade, see some of the biggest stars in all of wrestling, and come see Buff Bagwell and myself and get some merch from Buff and a picture on the 24th and the 25th of November. And for those of you who aren't in the North Carolina area but are going to see Survivor Series, go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast and join the team. Also, we got our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got a way to put that $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike the elite, we actually care about our fans. are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the recipe good old Zachariah Scott, his ramen noodles, and try to get him laid. I swear to God, I've had an easier time bringing democracy to Cuba. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.